So now we are here with Bernard Carr, who gave a very nice talk the other day on cosmology and philosophy. Um, so one of the things you said in your talk is um, how physics uh, pushes usually at two boundaries, the very large and the very small, and how at both of those boundaries we merge into philosophy. Could you say a bit more about that? Yes. I, when I say physics merges into philosophy, I, I mean in the sense that some of the ideas that, that you encounter on the microscopic and the microscopic boundaries are regarded as going beyond conventional physics. And so sometimes people say it's, the ideas are metaphysical, uh, perhaps using the word in a rather disparaging sense. My view is that, in some sense, that is inevitable, because when, when you get to the edge of, of, of physics in particular, you are obviously grappling with concepts which are very new, and which most physicists are not used to, and so it's and more importantly, perhaps, they, they might take you beyond the normal concepts of, of science, as it is normally applied. And if you go through the whole history of physics, you can see this happening. So, obviously... In, in the context of astronomy, as we've pushed forward to ever larger scales, from the geocentric to heliocentric to galactocentric view, our, our, our concepts of, of, of the world and indeed of the laws of nature and the nature of science has, has changed systematically. And at every stage, that has, uh, you, you can see there is the opposition, that people have said, no, this isn't proper science, this is, this is just metaphysical speculation metaphysical in the sense that it, it can't be backed up by observations and at the time that was indeed a, a you know might appear a logical perspective it did seem that one was speculating about ideas which couldn't be tested mm. however the history showed that if, if you waited a bit longer the, the d developments in, in telescopes or conceptual ideas allowed one to accommodate this extended branch of mm. phenomena and, and it's not only in the domain of astronomy I, t I, I talk primarily about astronomy in my talk but it applies also on the microscopic domain and the level of the smallest objects I mean for example the idea of atoms for a long time even when there was sort of indirect evidence that atoms existed there was for a long time some physicists and philosophers used to say well this isn't proper physics because you can never see atoms so you And one of the things that you mentioned, because I think that's one of your interests as well, that at the moment is in the realms of metacosmology, um, is the multiverse. So that's the idea that, um, um, just to summarize it, that the, the universe is not just one universe, but consists of lots of individual bubbles, and we are in one of them. Indeed. And uh, at the moment there is no, no real evidence for it, no direct evidence, so there's people oppose it and don't believe in it, some people believe it. But you said that soon there may be some evidence that people are pushing towards it with something called dark flows and uh, by trying to observe our collisions with other bubbles. Um, how far away is that evidence? Yes, well I'll talk about that evidence. But let me first say the issue is not really whether the other universes exist. The, the issue is whether speculating about other universes counts as part of science mm. in, in so much as you can't see the other universes. Um, and also you have to bear in mind there are many, many different scenarios which predict the multiverse. So in some sense you have to always be clear which particular scenario you're talking about. I always take the view there's so many scenarios for the multiverse that one of them is like <laughs> you end up being <laughs> correct. It seemed to me actually very arrogant to assume that our visible little patch is all there is. In fact, that's indisputably incorrect. Our, what we observe cannot be the whole universe. 
I mean, I, no one would deny that. But the question is how far the universe extends and whether there are lots of other disconnected universes. Now, I think the question is, though, whether it's science to speculate about such things. And that comes down to the question of whether there can be any observational evidence for them. Now, you can't directly see other universes by definition, but that doesn't mean there cannot be indirect evidence for them. And in my talk, I did refer briefly to some of the evidence. Um, part of the evidence comes from what are called dark flows, and the idea is that you, there are certain, there's a sort of large region in, 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 in the observable universe which seems to have a peculiar motion. And this motion is supposed to be, according to the, the observers, some observers, generated by a, a large amount of mass beyond our own horizon. Our, the horizon, the distance light can travel since the Big Bang. And so that at least is evidence that there would be another, there is another universe, there is something outside our horizon. The evidence is controversial, not everyone accepts that interpretation. The other evidence comes from the possibility that if there were lots of bubbles, these bubbles may have actually collided at an early stage in the, in the history of the universe, in which case you would see signatures in the cosmic microwave background. I mean, as you know, the cosmic microwave background is, is very, very smooth to the level of one in a hundred thousand, but there are ripples perturbations which reflect the density fluctuations which gave rise to galaxies. But on top of that, the idea is that there are certain anomalies, and there are certain anomalies associated with the microwave background. There's what's called the cold spot. And in particular, there would also, if there were collisions, you would see certain regions, sort of circles in the sky, where the, the temperature might be slightly different. Now, we don't yet have any definite evidence for that, but people have done simulations in the models, the multiverse models. And it's clear that in principle you could detect evidence for these bubbles. I mean, it is, it is what is clear that in many scenarios you do expect these bubble collisions. And it would be fascinating because if you could see a region where there was a bubble collision, you might even find there was evidence, you know, for the constants of nature, the fine structure constant being different. So that would be very exciting. Now, there isn't definite evidence mm. along for either dark flows or, or these bubble collisions. However, the point I'm making is that in principle there could be. And, and so I take the view that until you actually have evidence for these other universes along the lines I've just described, it is probably more appropriate to use the term metacosmology. Mm-hmm. But in principle there can be evidence and if there was evidence it would come cosmology and and one of the messages in my talk was that the the boundary between cosmology and metacosmology is is always fuzzy that as as science progresses as astronomy and progresses you get more and more data and so what originally counted as metacosmology because there was no relevant data later becomes legitimate cosmology mm-hmm. i.e. A, a part of physics and um, this is the last question um, so in view of the fact that the boundary is fuzzy and also shifting all the time um, how useful or necessary do you think it is that cosmologists and philosophers talk to each other because philosophers have the opportunity to go more into the cosmology with a big C direction and physicists maybe do the little C how, how fruitful is the interaction well of, of course it, it is very important to have a conversation with the 
between the cosmologists and the philosophers, and that was the purpose of this meeting. But you have to understand there are different levels of cosmology, of philosophy, and so your question can be interpreted in different ways. I mean, if you are a historian of science, if you're interested in the history and philosophy of science, then you're interested in this problem, I suppose, from the perspective of the way in which the nature of, of science has, has changed, our, the nature of our universe, our perception of the nature of the universe has changed. So that's one area of philosophy, and I sort of, in some sense, referring to that when I talk about you know, the history of, of cosmology. If you're interested in the actual nature of science itself, which is the philosophy of science, then, of course, the, the, the topic of the multiverse raises all sorts of issues, because all our normal criteria for science do tend to change. So you started off thinking that experiments were a part of science, but of course you can't apply that, you can't do experiments on stars and galaxies. On the other hand, because there are millions and millions of stars and galaxies, you can do science because you can observe millions of objects in different stages of evolution, which is sort of like doing an experiment. So one, everyone accepts that astronomy is part of science. The trouble with the universe, though, is that the universe, there is only one of them. You can't either see other universes or, or do experiments with universes. So it does stretch your concept of science. And, but then that doesn't mean it isn't science. It just means you have to modify your criteria for science. And, and the key question is, how crucial is, is testability? And, and my view is that it is crucial. You do have to be able to test um, a theory to make it science, which is why I kept saying the evidence for the multiverse from dark flows and bubble collisions is so crucial. Uh, and it may turn out there isn't any evidence. But it may just also turn out that it takes a long time to get the evidence. Now, if we have to wait 100 years for the evidence, I mean, I don't want to say it's scientific or not scientific, depending on how long it takes for the evidence to come out. But that's why I quite like this idea of classifying something of metacosmology, which is a sort of intermediate state, a sort of state of purgatory, you know, before, <laughs> you, before you've decided whether it yeah. is proper science or not. Mm. But, it, you know, because the answer may be it never is yeah. uh, well. actually part of the physics, but, but one only, one has to hope it will be. And that sort of raises the, the other question up, which came up in the conference, because you talked about why it's relevant to philosophy and I have a personal interest in the whole problem of consciousness. And, I mean, most physicists really do not like to think of consciousness as part of physics. Most people don't think cosmology is related to consciousness. I do take a, a somewhat different view, though, and that's partly because of my um, interest, I guess, in the anthropic principle and the interpretations of, the, um, of those anthropic fine-tunings. And to me, I, I personally think that actually... Consciousness is, a, is probably a fundamental rather than an incidental feature of the universe. And it's obviously fundamental in the sense that it's connected with brains, but I'm not just talking about this on the level of brain science. I, I think there may also be quite a fundamental link between consciousness and cosmology itself, which you have to sort of confront when you're talking about theories of, of the early universe and the nature of, of the reality from which the universe arose. So we'll have to see whether consciousness gets more acceptable amongst physicists at some point. But in, indeed, and I would say that cosmology is... Uh, I would say the problem of consciousness is very definitely in the metacosmology <laughs> domain, and it's probably likely to remain there for a long time. But on the other hand, if you 
the, the very fact that cosmologists are in, and philosophers are involved in the dialogue is in what some sense makes that raising that topic respectable. And what I liked about this meeting was the fact that we were able to talk about things like consciousness, which normally would have been regarded as be a bit beyond the pale yes. if you were a cosmologist. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So maybe the continuing interaction with philosophers will be fruitful in the end. I, so, I, I'm sure you. it will be, yes. Thank you. Thank you very thank much you. for that. Thanks, Bernard. Oh,